I'm Chris Peters, and welcome to the Consulting Psychic Podcast. This is a podcast designed for marketeers who seek a future in consulting, either as a main gig or as a side gig. I speak to marketeers who made a jump as a consultant full-time and to those that treat it as a side hustle. We'll dig into their stories about how they got their first clients, their inspiration, managing their time whilst they're still employed, and how they prepare to go alone. Now let's go. Cosmo, welcome to the Consultant Side Gig Podcast. Thank you for having me, Chris. It's a pleasure. Now, it is great to finally get you on. We've been speaking on LinkedIn for, for some time now. Uh, but let's, let's get straight into it. If you can give our listeners a bit of a, an insight and understanding to you, your background and what you're up to. Yeah, sure. Um, I think I'd probably uh, I'd be a bit of an outlier of some of the guests that you've had and, and some of your community because uh, my my career up to this point, 20 years, almost 20 years, uh, has actually been in journalism. Uh, and I and the switch to marketing consultancy uh, only really happened in, in kind of any meaningful way about two years ago. Uh, and then the kind of journey then from from like that making that decision to going full time into into marketing is is sort of an interesting one. But um, but yeah, so I've kind of come from this background of doing another career essentially. Uh, so what I was always interested in. I mean, I, like I'd always wanted to be a journalist when I was growing up. So I was like, you know, that kind of classic kid, 12 years old, making up stories, just loving that whole thing about being the center of attention and sort of telling stories. And um, and then that sort of lends itself very clearly to, to journalism initially. Um, and then I sort of went through 15 years, 16 years of journalism, then the pandemic hit. And I think like a lot of people, I uh, just reassessed what I was doing in, in my life, really. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners and viewers would have had exactly the same experience. Uh, and the, the problem, I think, a little bit was that so I was working at the BBC at the time. I've worked at the BBC for sort of 17 years in as a radio journalist. Um, and uh, obviously in live news, you are at the heart of things. Like you're telling these pretty depressing stories day after day. And there was nothing more nothing more um depressing than a than a full-blown global pandemic um and so i really did take a start to take a t- toll on my mental health and i was sort of just thinking right i don't want to do this for the rest of my life what, what else is out there uh and i think you know it, it's always a good thing to start to think about if you're even th- if you're thinking about a career switch or even just a job switch is like what what have i got that's transferable like what what are my skills like what's my actual core offer to the market essentially um, and I, I sort of had friends who worked in marketing and, and, and in B2B and stuff. So I sort of knew that world a little bit, but I, I didn't know a huge amount. But I, I did see that what a lot of them had or were either asking for or lacking in various ways was were things like storytelling, uh, writing ability, uh, you know, that kind of just innate understanding of like how to of like how to sort of frame a, a, a piece of communication or some content. Um, and that's obviously what journalism is sort of day to day. So I was just like, well, I could probably do that. Um, and, and I reached out to one or two people and this was, so this was sort of, uh, 20 summer, probably 21. Um, and, uh, or oh, actually maybe early in 2021. Um, and so I reached out to a couple of my mates who worked in, in various sort of marketing departments and stuff and just said, would you, would you be interested in like, you know, just me coming and either having a chat at least, or at least, you know, even leading to a bit of work. Um, and so it, one thing led to another. 
Uh, and, you know, we'll probably get into a bit more detail like that moment, but um, it really uh, was just a moment where I just suddenly saw that there were all these other avenues and opportunities available to me that like beyond journalism, like I'd always put myself in this box. Like I think we all have that habit of like putting ourselves into into boxes. And, uh, and so I, I managed then at that point to see a sort of path through, got a bit of work, got a bit more work, led to more work, started talking a bit about it on LinkedIn. I uh, went part time on the BBC and then uh, and then and then left full time uh, BBC to go into sort of full time marketing consultancy uh, last the end of last summer. I mean, it's time has really flown, uh, and so now my my consultancy really is purely focused on thought leadership content for for B two B corporates. Really, so. I'm not a market like I would always tell clients like I'm not a marketing expert like I I'm I learn from you I learn from like lots of other sort of more thought leaders in that space uh but what I am good at I've got those kind of core skills of storytelling research and writing ability um and that kind of combination means that I can generate original ideas and and sort of storytelling that's pretty like say journalism essentially um, but it's but it's marketing content, and obviously that fits well with what the market sort of wants now. It seems you know that we've moved away from this sort of more product led, sales led approach to a more softer kind of content marketing. But you still got to find a way to stand out, and hopefully that's partly what what we offer as an agency now. So um, it's been a bit of a journey, uh, but you know I'm sure we'll get into it more. But but I really love it, and I love being part of your world now. I love being part of like mar- the marketing world. It's just a uh, you know, there's a lot more going on, I think, than just journalism, really. Journalism feels like a bit of a dying trade, if I'm being honest. Sorry to offend any people who might be in that world now. Yeah. But, um, you know, sort of, I definitely made the decision at the right time, I think. Well, look, so much to unpack there. Um, that was a very thorough and comprehensive overview. So clearly, there's no looking back now. Like, journalism for you is uh, your your first career. But now marketing is 2.0. There's no more looking looking back. Now, I think a good place to start might be where we were talking about before we hit record. So we were talking about actually this balance because, you know, it, you've given that overview of this journey that you've gone on. But it's, you know, I made this decision to change my career. I've uh, spoke to some friends and I've got a new job, got a new job. And it, and it all looks very uh, picturesque. Uh, a great sure. great story to tell but I guess there were some bumps along the way so just yeah. let's start with that initial conversation you had with your friends like was there a uh, a spark what was actually that, that got you excited about this career change um well I think it was at the point I think that I was actually like reaching out to people I was it felt like I was under more Pre- like I, I really just wanted to escape the world that I was in. Like it was actually really, really taking it its toll. And I'm sure loads of people will relate. Whether it's maybe not changing careers, but actually like you, you're in a job that you really, you really don't like. It's really starting to take its toll. And I think uh, anything at that point, probably like even the ch- little chinker light, yeah. would have seemed like the most attractive thing in the world. Um, but it just so happened. I think it was a, uh, you know, it was a conversation. And like my, my, my wife, actually, who's been hugely supportive, like she is also, she works in B2B marketing. So she works for a big um, global healthcare company. And so she had been very encouraging at that point and had sort of seen, you know, we clearly like had conversations about her work over the dinner table and all the rest of it, as you do. 
and and I'd obviously given her some ideas and and we had a you know great conversation I think around that time around Christmas sort of 2020 2021 and um and and that had been a huge inspiration for me but I think it was actually about realizing that the alternative of not doing anything was much worse and I think if I carried on doing that for another few months or six months or even now like I really would have been struggling and I think that I, I just it became a an easy decision though that sort of momentum gathered you know became an easy decision because the alternative for me was was so much worse because if you can sort of imagine like everyone got depressed about the news around that time because it was just so yeah you know it was just so depressing and people were just turning off the whole time and I had to go into work every day and like do and produce that so uh you know it it, it was a sort of like looking at it and going I don't really you know the 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 alternative is much worse also, um, I just wanted to do something more positive with my life. It just felt like we were just on this sort of wave of negativity. And the work that I then started to do, like, so, you know, working for um, a, couple, a couple of mates or sort of, you know, in a, on a very ad hoc basis, that immediately got validation pretty quickly. Like, as in people were like, oh, right, okay. I, I, they understand, they understood the value then of like the journalist's perspective in marketing and the sort of storytelling, I think, because... My my sort of sense was, and again, I'm not the expert, obviously, but my sense was that um, at the time, or even now, maybe like um, B2B marketing, particularly, is, was a little bit in between the two houses of like, um, you know, more content focused or more sales focused, or whatever. It just sort of felt like that actually having that perspective of someone who was completely external from the industry saying, actually, like, I don't know anything about the funnels and stuff, but I can tell you how to tell a damn good story. And to really stand out because, um, you know, using your kind of reputation, and your story to like leverage that in the market, you know, that that felt like it was sort of something that was quite in demand immediately. So I got sort of two or three clients almost straight away and then word of mouth happened a little bit and it just got. And I think anyone who's watching this, who's thinking about that, that their own thing, it's like you only really need like if you're doing it alongside your actual job, you know, clearly you only need really one or two clients and then it's quickly you know, it feels like you're then validating that as a as an approach and it, you know, that that actually really helps. So it was definitely those sort of initial uh, you know, those initial kind of bits of work and my wife definitely helped for sure. This is extremely powerful. So but clearly you had some transferable skills. Mm. Um and it sounds like it's stood you in good stead. But talk me through about what you needed to do to prep from journalist going to marketeer part-time side hustle mm-hmm. to now being like full-time on your business like what did you do so you mentioned your, your wife was very supportive mm-hmm. you said your friends have perhaps supported on some of those initial roles like what is it that you've also done to prepare yourself for this this transition so what i mean by that is have you spoken to any potential mentors is there communities that you've part that you've been part of or privy to have you taken any courses? Like, what, what did you do um, exactly to prep for this role? So I would say, like, as a journalist, uh, former journalist, I'm uh, meticulous at research. So I wouldn't ever, I wouldn't ever do, uh, you know, jump into the unknown without uh, without doing the research. And so even though, you know, I'm not, I, like, I clearly haven't got, like, a 20-year career in marketing to fall back on. Um, you know, I've spent the last two or three years really, uh, consuming the best of what you know the content the thought leadership content particularly because that's what I focus on 
uh, of like what the industry is doing. So I sort of what, like I'm more of an expert, I'm not necessarily an expert about marketing, but I'm, um, I'm an expert about thought leadership content and, and you know, wh who's doing it well and all the rest of it. Um, and so um, that has definitely been a huge help having that like thing of like, right, okay, well, I can focus on the research and like, I understand how to do that. Um, and then in terms of community, like LinkedIn has just been massive, I think. Um, and anyone really who spent any time creating content on the platform, I think there's a difference because I was a, I was a lurker for so long. And, you know, I think journalism as well, particularly, particularly the BBC, you were encouraged never to really put you like yourself on social media or project any views or anything. So for for, for ages, I was a complete lurker and then started posting kind of 20 in like mid 21, probably still a bit under the radar, because at that point I hadn't really told my bosses um what i was doing or thinking about doing I'm sure we can talk about that in a minute um and uh and so like but but then you quickly realize that once you're on there and you're actually creating uh content and you're actually like going out there and being intentional about it you start to really attract uh a community and i would say it's never really like it doesn't feel like a like on the social media, it just feels like, oh, you're building an audience. And, and like, so if you're on Instagram, you've just got, you know, oh, 10,000 people who sort of follow you. It doesn't feel like a community. LinkedIn has that innate feeling of, of community and obviously all the different tools that you can now leverage. Like, obviously, you've got your newsletter. I think that's actually probably what, how we connected in the first yeah. place. Like, I started reading that. Um, I've got my newsletter now sort of inspired a little bit by you and I'm doing that every every week. And that's been really great for just, um giving that sense of community and the sort of getting the response back from that um but i think like i mean again um, my, my wife as i would say like she's been a huge mentor for me because she's got my expertise in the industry so that's been that's been massive and like my actually my my boss my bbc boss like when i actually told her about what i was doing and going part-time and all that she was incredible and she actually still is now like uh you know a mentor um so that that's been massive actually having that and it's similar like if you anyone who swapped careers or jobs you know actually maintaining relationships with people who you've left because it's it's very easy to like cut cut everyone off and kind of go right i'm on to the next thing or you know whatever but you know so much of that like i i've started to well i'm not quite at that level yet but i've already started having conversations with former colleagues about whether you know oh you might want to maybe do a bit of work for me because i know that that the quality of the skills are there and I know what I've done in terms of being able to transfer and I know that that's a possibility for other journalists as well so I've sort of already been thinking about that as a potential uh, path to kind of bringing extra people into the business or whatever um, but I would say definitely LinkedIn I uh, definitely love my, my former boss has been great um, and you know and, and, and like I've been on podcasts now quite a few of them obviously this is another one I've been on so it's great uh, it really does help and I think anyone who's like Anyone, I, I would say this is just sort of my advice to anyone who's thinking about either changing a job or, uh, you know, building a consultancy business or side hustling or whatever. There is no better leverage now, I think, than posting regularly on LinkedIn and actually find because you can be so specific and granular about who you're looking for that actually like you can quickly build a build an audience off the back of that. And I think that's that's been a huge help for me. So, so sticking with LinkedIn for now, it sounds like you've gained confidence over eighteen months or so from from lurker to to a thought leader. How has that well, changed? Maybe. Well, maybe. <laughs> well, well yeah. <laughs> but, but but getting the confidence to post consistently, like what has that 
meant for you with how you've actually started to use it beyond just posting so what what is the cadence not just posting but how you're interacting with other people because lots of people talk about network lots of people talk about community but i'm really interested into like how do you organically create relationships how do you reach out to people like, do you respond to people based on like their own um, content they're putting out and you reach out directly do you share content like what, what are you doing to help bridge some of those like really natural con- uh, relationships online yeah uh, it's a good question and it's uh, probably a complex answer because I think there's lots of different elements isn't there of, of the things that we, that we all do um, I actually even though LinkedIn will probably ban me for saying this like I actually uh, I use an automated tool as well um so i, I use different uh, ways of like connecting with people one is automated so it basically is like um you know i, I have an ideal icp who's like essentially a, a you know a comms and marketing directors for b2b companies and um i you know i have an automated system which basically goes and hunting for them and and connects with them and then i would then generally step in and follow up um uh and 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 sort of build it that way and then i would i'd always so i have like a, a bit of an offer so um uh you know i have like a, a thought leadership guide which i would sort of send to people um so i would normally like follow that up with some with a bit of value um so that's a kind of bit of a a three-pronged approach i guess and then um my approach to content marketing for, for myself is because you know, as as you are aware, and as anyone watching this who is is trying to build that side hustle or trying to get the consultancy going or whatever, you know, it's a like it's a lot thinking about all this stuff. So and like you 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 you're just about what you know your whole day is basically delivering content or or, or marketing consultancy support or whatever to clients, and then you've got to then think about your own content as well. So you I, like I would always try I try and make it as easy as possible for me. So I think you you probably have a similar approach, Chris. Like um, you know, I obviously look at my long form piece of content. So that's my newsletter as my sort of central piece. And then I would then break that down in various ways across across the week. So I generally I like I'll be posting probably five times a week. Normally, um, I my newsletter is published on a Wednesday. Um, it goes out as a I think similar to you, like goes out as a as a LinkedIn piece of content, a longer form piece of content and and an email um, subscription to the subscribers list as well. And then. I then have like a carousel that I've created off the back of the the newsletter, which runs on a Thursday generally, a bit of a teaser on a Tuesday, uh, and then probably like Monday and Friday, more focused on thought leadership or my personal story, which obviously is also really important if you're running your sort of solopreneur consultancy thing. People want to know. It's like, it's very easy. And I think I fell into this step myself. It's like very easy to call yourself an agency or to make yourself sound bigger than you are before you're probably ready. And actually, um, the 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 what people that like what I found actually most um, you know interesting about connecting with clients or potential clients is that they're not bothered about all that stuff. Like they're bothered about you as much as anything. Like they're bothered about your story. People buy into my journalism background and like what that might, what fresh perspective that might be able to bring to to their marketing campaigns or whatever. They're not buying into me because they think i've got like five account managers working for me and and yeah. you know like a, a you know video like the whole team you know so i think like i do want to get there eventually like I'm, I'm sort of thinking about ways i can scale now but um actually like people are buying into your personal story and are buying into your brand so make sure that's definitely part of the marketing mix um because it's also it's quite easy especially on linkedin there is also this kind of like 
anti-selfie, anti-personal story type uh, trend. But I like think that your your personal branding and and your like good photos is really important. Like I, I got was pretty much one of the first things I did actually was had a proper photo shoot, and so I've got like really like good photos. So that's been helpful for the website as well as for you know LinkedIn as well as well. So I just think about like how you can make that market that content that you're creating as easy and as sort of recyclable as possible and obviously what you find and i'm sure you're, you've experienced exactly the same thing is like once you've got that back catalog of say sort of three months six months worth of content you've got so many ideas and like so much stuff that you, you've already seen that works that you know actually it's easy to recycle it no one cares uh and you're reaching your audiences anyway so i think it's it, like if you're if you're watching this and or listening to this and you haven't yet made that proper leap and you're still like working in an agency or you're still doing you know your your full time job and you haven't really thought about it first then it's it does it, the first month or two months is hard and then after that like you get you're getting signal from your audience you're getting validation um that really does like start to to work wonders and like what I mean all once you sort of experience that first thing of like connecting with someone, then replying positively and then saying to you, Oh, can we jump on a call? I think you're, you'd be really useful. You immediately just go, right. I understand how LinkedIn works now. So, you know, in some ways you don't even need to create all the content. You could, you could spend your time just connecting with really interesting people and then like engaging with their stuff. And as long as your offer and your story is like compelling enough, then yeah, you know, you you will you'll you'll also see the benefit. But I just think that my my thing from the start was like uh, it's a shop window for me. I'm creating. I'm a I'm a content marketer. I'm positioning myself as a content marketer. If I'm not creating like good content that also stands out, then people will just look at my profile and go, "Well, what what are you trying to sell us? Because you're not even doing it yourself." So yeah. I think that was my approach from the from the outset, really. But it's a complex, it's complex, right? And and there's lots of that going on. And I did do all of the, uh, you know, at the beginning, I definitely like spent way too much money on different courses and like sort of like had a LinkedIn coach for a bit. And it's all nonsense, really. Like I mean, you know, obviously it it it, it you know it fast tracks your growth to a point, but actually there's no substitute ever in this world, in my belief, than doing it for yourself. And just starting and seeing what happens, because I think you know you'll and you'll pick up the audience along the way. You'll get the validation. It's you know it really isn't it like it's it's the perfect place, the perfect time really for any of us to be thinking about this, like to be thinking about consultancy, to be thinking about fractional work, all of that stuff. There's never been a better time. You know that's what was so intriguing for me when I started thinking about making my own switch. And then you know actually it's been yes, it's been a bumpy road, but. Like I do not regret it for a second, and the highs have definitely um, been been a lot more than the lows. Yeah, look, I think um, for posting on LinkedIn, I think it's getting into that routine, setting up that cadence. And mm-hmm. in my experience, and and this is experience from being heavily like leaned into LinkedIn and posting consistently daily, including weekends for for some mm-hmm. months, versus just taking a taking my foot off the pedal. I can see the drop off and you can see mm. kind of, so I think you definitely reap what you sow and more effort you put in, the more you certainly get out. But I had a really interesting um, conversation um, a few months ago now with Liam McCormack and he talked about 
what you alluded to there around actually your your size and actually your positioning is really really interesting because people who want an agency are seeking out agencies and people mm. who want consultants want consultants so actually trying to perhaps have the perception that you're bigger than what you are can actually deflect potential clients who would want to work with you so being really transparent yeah. telling your story um is actually one of the things that differentiates you so certainly agree with that point mm. um mm. so i wanted to get into actually that the detail of that transition so so just just breaking it down slightly so you spoke to some of your friends you got some work, assuming that was paid, not pro bono. So you, you you got some opportunities with your friends. So so how was that transition from, okay, I'm a journalist, want to move away from that now. Oh, okay, I think this content marketing thing's got some legs. Spoke to some friends. Your friends started giving you, you know, a few articles here and there to write. But how did that start to, to snowball from one client to two or three? And then I'm really interested to see like, what did that mean? Was that um, retainers? Was it based on like one deliverable that you were doing? And how how many clients did you start to build before you felt confident to go part time and then ultimately full time? Yeah, um, I, like I'll start with the first, the last bit of that question first. So I the 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 moment that I made the decision to to go from part time to all in on the business. I probably had about, um, I'd say about eight or nine like regular clients that were sort of paying me decent money, but it, but sporadic work. Like at that point, I probably had like one or two retainers, which I think is the is the absolute like you know is the golden ticket for any consultant freelancer, obviously. Um, so I had a bit of that, but then I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I remember it now because it still gives me a bit of a cold sweat. Like I sort of made the decision to go all in. That was in June, middle of June 22. Uh, so I handed him a notice. And then about six weeks later, I think I at that point then I had about two clients. So oh. I was like literally in the space. And I thought it wasn't, it was a combination of like uh, just uh, the, some of the clients had sort of dropped off naturally. The work had finished. Uh, so and, and then not quite, nothing had quite come through yet on the other end and then one or two like one guy had run out of money so it was just like there were just various reasons why it happened but it happened at this point that like I don't I was literally about to leave my job um and but, but the one thing that got me through that moment was like I was just saying to myself I've built to like I built to the point of of that eight or nine clients and I know how to do it I knew how to get there I sort of had a journey to get there and I sort of experienced that so I can do it again you know that was the biggest thing and I think lots of people who make who think about making that jump it is that moment where they actually go right I understand how to do this now like I've done it to the point that I think I can do it properly uh and if it all goes you know wrong then it's like I can still replicate it and I can still do that again and so I, even though at that point, I think I'd sort of, I'd gone from like, I'd had my first 10K month oh, wow. uh, in, in sort of July, like last year. Right. I think, yeah, which was amazing and a way exceeded my expectations. And I was still working part-time at the BBC then. So it was still like, still that. And to 
literally like in August, I think I did about fifteen hundred quid. I mean, it was like it was that it was that bad. And I think that that's the reality of the roller coaster that you're on a little bit when you're doing consultancy, especially when you're starting out, is that you just have to accept that you know you're you're going to have great times and you're going to have like not so great times, and 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 it's just make insulating yourself to the point so not just insulating yourself like from your confidence level also insulating yourself financially obviously and you know I really prioritized in that period from kind of when I decided to go part-time at the BBC to when I left the BBC which was like about nine months I really prioritized saving as much as I could because I was just like, right, I, like that's I, this is an opportunity now to really insulate myself. But in terms of like going back to the the original question and like that that pathway and that journey, like it was it was all just trial and error. <laughs> I mean, that, that's like, and and I think that maybe that's just like a, a, a naivety that comes from not being part of the industry and like being an outsider and coming from an external perspective. Um, and if I'd known probably more or whatever, I probably would have been less, I guess, a bit more risk averse, a bit more like thinking that I knew the direction I was going in. So therefore, I'm just going to focus on that thing instead of actually doing lots of different things, which, you know, for instance, so, so now my, my sort of ideal client is, is kind of, you know, B2B corporate company. Um, when I started out, like just doing a bit of the side gig or whatever obviously I was getting a bit of that corporate work through mates and stuff but really like I was thinking right I'm going to be a LinkedIn coach I'm going to get like uh, I'm going to work with loads of coaches and do their marketing and then I quickly realized that none of them had any money so it was quite difficult uh, to scale that Um, and and so I I think but all of that was like formative like so I, I sort of tried all these different things and then realized sort of boiled it down to actually what I what I knew was where my sort of sweet spot was and that kind of came by that if I'd known the direction from the beginning maybe I got there faster of course but actually I wouldn't have had as kind of uh, you know a, as formative an experience of like sort of working through that um but you know it's 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 always going to be a bit of a roller coaster it's always going to be ups and downs I would say to anyone never make any assumptions about you know like even who your ideal clients are or whatever until you go and test it and you sort of are like thinking about your all the processes that you're sort of putting together and you will find that trial and error and and like you know of course people you'll go you might sort of pay for the odd course and you'll join the communities and stuff but there's no better like thing than actually sort of trying trying it for yourself um so I kind of went from that having tried everything and then uh last summer really was that moment of like I, I got my first big retainer uh like pretty much after so I I went I left the BBC properly at the end of August at this point with two clients and then in September I signed a, a, a you know a really hefty retainer with a client that I'm still working with now and and that was like I was suddenly went from it's just this feast of famine thing isn't it so I'd gone from this sort of feast to famine and then I was like back on the back on track again, and I, and I'm a huge believer in like as long as you're insulated. So I would say to anyone who's thinking about making that switch, you know, have at least sort of a good few months worth of your expenses in the bank because like that's huge. Um, you know, if you're paying a mortgage, make sure you've got you know a good four or five months worth of mortgage payments. 
you know, you've got enough for your bills and whatever, because what you will find is that like, if you've got the appetite for it, you've got the motivation for it, you will succeed. But the only thing that's counting against you is the time factor. So if you're, if you're pressured for time, like, as in you haven't got the money and you're desperate for clients and all the rest of it, then you are much less, less likely to succeed. Like, but you, w- without that time factor, the time pressure, which you can knock out by having the savings and like having that insulation. I'm just a huge believer that like everyone who tries what they want to try in this world, like 90 odd percent of them will succeed because all of the, everything's there on our doorstep. Like if you want to build a consultancy, you can learn all the necessary skills of like marketing yourself on social media or whatever, create an offer. Uh, you, all your clients are there waiting. So it's really only just about trial and error and testing and learning. Um, and the only thing that it counts against that is is the fact that you may not have the resources to to protect to to, to live for that long. You may have to go back to your nine to five because you can't afford to to live on, on what you're earning. But if you don't and you you play it smart and you do, so I definitely was of that. I mean, I, like it's an age thing as well. So I'm almost forty now. So I was like, like it's definitely I'm just definitely more conservative about you know that I think if it was if I was tw- early 20s or mid 20s or whatever probably more like let's just go for it and see what happens um but it, that like, my advice would definitely be to to take it a bit more conservatively make sure you're insulated and then if you're if you've got the focus and you've got the you know the the, the sort of energy to put into it you you'll you'll definitely get where you want to get to because it's like the odds are stacked in your favor if you can make it work for you and I, w- I wanted to finish with one final question because you, you mentioned there a particularly strong month that you had, which was followed by uh, maybe a not, not so good month. How, 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 are you, um, how are you progressing with your MRR goals, with um, targets that you have in place? And uh, like how how is that shaping up now, now that you've been at this a bit longer? Like, is, is that more consistent? Um, have you, have you, do you continually set yourselves like quarterly objective, yearly objectives, and are you surpassing them, meeting them? How's that all of that unfolding? Yeah, I, I should be a lot more. Like my accountant would tell me that I need to be a lot more organised about uh, my uh, my financial goals. So, like, I had a really basic approach, which was I had a salary that I was getting paid at the BBC, and I my sort of year target, my twelve month target from leaving the BBC to uh to like the 12 months which would be like the end of the summer basically the end of august this year was to be in a consistently ex- consistently exceeding my monthly salary and that i guess that's a a very like consultancy freelance mindset rather than a agency growing an agency mindset and i think i'm probably still just in that i haven't made that that transition yet to that slightly more like i'm growing a business mindset i'm still kind of a bit more in the freelance mindset which I don't think there's anything wrong with at all. Like, I think that's that really helped me to get where I am. Like, you know, I think, and, you know, but I am looking and thinking about ways that I can change that approach and, and think in, in, a, in, a, in a bit of a bigger scale. Um, so I had that in my mind when I started out that I wanted to exceed my salary. Um, I pretty much achieved that consistently within about three months, which was amazing after leaving. Um, and um, now I'm pretty much on, I mean, so my year to year is like July to July and I'm very much on track to exceed six figures this year, which, which is great. Like, um, you know, and definitely much better than I, I would have thought when I actually started out. And I, but I, I sort of in my mind was thinking, right, I'll get year one done 
and then and then like think more seriously about it after that thinking that actually that you know I probably wouldn't get to where I was wanting to get to and that, like that these were stretched targets or whatever but it sort of comes back to my point which is that if your story's good enough and your offer and what you're doing is is the what if the market wants it which you can quickly find out via LinkedIn and wherever else you think about you know marketing your business um you that you you know you, you're you can do really well um much better than i was i was thinking i could um financially but um it's uh it, yeah i don't i definitely need to get better at thinking about it a bit more strategically and i think uh that will kind of come and it's still this sort of like my my mentality from the very beginning of all this was and it sort of goes back to that point I was making about the resources and like trying to stay in the game for as long as possible. It's like, I, I was almost just taking it month by month and I was just like, well, almost job by job. You know, if I can stay in for another month and get this new client onboarded and get this amount of revenue coming in on this month, then I'll be good for the next month. And I know it's kind of quite a short term mindset, yeah, yeah. but actually that, that really helped me especially making that transition. And I think that's probably a good bit, bit of advice for anyone who's thinking about making that transition. It's like, you can have all these grand, huge, like annual targets and all the rest of it. But in those first initial six to 12 months, like my, my advice would be just to do as much as you can to stay in the game per month. And then you'll sort of feel you, and then it'll start becoming a self-fulfilling thing. And like organically you'll start growing and actually then you'll, you'll far exceed what you set out to achieve anyway but if you've got a, a monthly target in your mind of like how do you cover the bills how do you do you know x y and z then have that in mind get to that point you're in the game for the next month you're going to carry on doing it you'll have some months which are really you know feel a bit slack and then some months which are really successful and uh don't take either of them for granted because yeah. like they'll both they'll both happen repeatedly so um you know that's that's my main bit of advice really Look, great stuff. I think it's um, a testament to you to switch careers and fall on your feet so, so quickly. So really excited to see this journey go on in the next kind of 12 to 18 months to see how you get on. Um, but Cosmo, thank you, thank you for coming on. Um, congratulations. And we'll be sure to post your progress in the community uh, on the weeks and months ahead. Cheers, Chris. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate.